Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yes, you do. We produce the great content. You come and get the information. When you want the 411, you turn it in to Russell and Medhurst. 9 to 12, either live on the radio or streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. No reason you can't take us with us everywhere you go. You can take us to the bathroom. Hell, even take us to the CEO's office. Take us to the conference room. Okay? Tell your tell your Tell your other eight to ten people in that conference room, hey, I'm listening to Russell and Medhurst. I got to take these guys every single place that we go. Matty Essig, of course, dude, Essig did Sheehan's show. Now he's doing our show. So he's already into oh, hour number right. four. This was a pre scheduled uh, dealio, right? Yes, it was. And let me tell you, that wasn't the most insane thing that happened to me this morning. I went to bed so early yesterday to make sure that I would be up for four thirty to be here on time. Right. I woke up this morning, looked into my closet. In the middle of the night, the bar that holds all of my clothes snapped in half, and all of my clothes fell in my closet. The boogeyman came to get you. I don't know how, because I have a big I'm the boogeyman. I have a big uh, <laughs> vent and everything. Remember that, remember that wrestler? I don't know how I didn't wake up. I just woke up this morning with, all right, that's something that I'm going to have to deal with this weekend. Wow. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks. That's uh, I, I spent last night about a half an hour before I collapsed and went to bed at like 11.45, uh, like trying to pair all the unmatching socks that you have, <laughs> um, you know, that 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 literally do not match. Uh, yeah, that sucked. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's not good. So so basically you hang all your clothes. You don't have any clothes like in a dresser or. Oh, I do. I just I'm a little bit of a clothes horse, uh-huh. I'll be honest. And I have issues getting rid of jackets and stuff because you never gotcha. know. You never know when a jacket... well, jackets are heavier than shirts or, or yeah. you know, whatever. So and maybe that. Ne- you never know when a jacket's going to come back in style and you're like, oh, that that's right. going to look good today. So I, I refuse to get rid of them, and now I need to figure out how to fix my closet. I think you need to dress more and look more like Ted Lasso like you did last week, <laughs> that, every day. I mean, he has a very easy yeah. uniform, so you're not wrong on yeah, that. I, I, of course I'm not wrong. I, I mean, literally everyone that I showed the picture to, well, not everyone, many, except for the radio station, which just likes to mess with me, uh, you know, I don't know if that's Kremel or, or CK or, or somebody. Uh, they didn't agree with me, but everyone else agreed with me that you're a dead ringer for, uh, what's his name? Ted Lasso. Most popular show, well, it was for a while. I don't know. I guess Dahmer's now uh, eclipsed it or, or what have you. I, I don't watch any of it because I don't, don't have the time. But anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Meanwhile... Our guys back in the news. Um, And it started this week. How fun. Started this week with a family photo down in Dallas. Family. And little did we know the the family photo would lead to a week of Dan Snyder again. uh, And and now, again, the one thing. And look, I'll give I will give him a for effort and his uh, law team a for effort. They're consistent. When they're like the they're like the little kid 
that cries wolf to their parent all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Assistant principal calls home. Tommy was misbehaving. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Mom, I really, I didn't do it. They continue and they, they, they just, they can't sit there in the background and let this stuff play out. They, they, they're again out here. And I guess if just like if you were convicted of murder, armed robbery, and you were convicted incorrectly, You'd be screaming to the hilltop in front of every mm-hmm. TV camera, hey, I'm innocent, they've got the wrong person, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. That is essentially what this reminds me of because Dan's legal team, PR team, together with him, because they're clearly under direction, they, they're, they, they keep trying to tell you that there's nothing to see here, that this is incorrect that essentially what essentially what they did in this statement is called Tiffany and that story essentially call it a lie i mean that's the, the way i read that is they're saying hey that did not happen and congress is not interested in listening to our side of the story mm-hmm. they are only continuing to chase the dramatic, high-end, Chasing Dan side. Because the saga of Chasing Dan continues. It does. Um, And now you have to wonder whether this was a preemptive shot or strike or call again, you know, across the, the, you know, the way because something else is coming from Congress, right? The House Oversight Committee allegedly, supposedly, It was in the final stages of preparing its summation, its report, what have you. We don't know if that's going to be released today, tomorrow, next week, whatever. But a lot of people feel that this is a strike before the damage is hit. Pete, I I read the letter. There were some very interesting things in there. Basically, what they did was they said, I believe their strategy is to say, listen, We believe our client is not only being unfairly treated and attacked and investigated when you should be investigating that guy, the guy you interviewed, the guy you used as a evidentiary, as a corroborating, as an evidence witness, that guy. You know who that guy is? Brucifer, Bruce Allen. You should be after him, not me, not us. Right. So he's the one that promoted the culture of impropriety exactly. and circus-like right. frat boys, right. what, uh, frat you know house atmosphere to describe it as they did. Yeah. Uh, to be accurate. Now I, I can tell you this: I wasn't in that building on an everyday basis until Bruce was already in charge. They ain't wrong about the culture and the the building and 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 the. Everything, the scenery and the frat boy run amok. Yeah, and I, as a, as a guy who poured his heart and soul into a, 
a fraternity and built a fraternity at Buffalo State College, I, I take a little umbrage to the whole frat boy mentality, but I understand what people are getting at. I just used it myself. I understand what people are getting at. It's one of, you know, beer and sex and 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 carousing and and unruly behavior and so on. All of that essentially in a nutshell was true. I saw all of it. Okay. Not all of it, but I saw a lot of it. Let's put it that way. Just over Again, my five years under Bruce Allen in the building on an every almost everyday basis, 275 days a year, whatever it was. Um, that being said, what they're also trying to point out is, hey, you know, we've told you that there are witnesses that have been here throughout Bruce's tenure. We've told you that there is people that you want to talk to that would be willing to speak highly of, would be willing to support Dan Snyder and point the finger of blame at Bruce, and you've chosen not to speak to those people. Now, do you think Mary Jo White has spoken to those people? I don't know. And, and here's because my thing, me, because me, I know greater. people that know a lot of stuff that they have, that as of... And I haven't done much work on this in the last month, month and a half since football really kicked into full gear. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you know, I know some right, people. Because in the grand, they scheme haven't of things, talked to those people. In the grand scheme of things, isn't the Mary Jo White investigation still the one that's maybe even more important because it's the one that's directly going to the NFL and its owners and its legal team, all that stuff? Because if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about remotely trying to remove Dan as an owner. To me, that's the more important investigation. The congressional thing is, mm-hmm. again, you know, there's a big spotlight on it, but Congress is not going to determine whether Dan Snyder stays or goes as an owner. Correct. The NFL owners are going to be the ones that do that. And to me... I think it depends on what's in each of the reports. and w- Meaning, if there's a damning bomb of evidence that is corroborated and proven in the congressional report about the financial impropriety, the alleged financial improprieties, Jason Friedman and others, mm-hmm. and somehow, some way it, it is proven. I don't but, know how I, it, like that could be like a, that could be that a be really strong report blow. though too. Sure. It should. If she's doing her investigation the right way. My question to you is, do we have any, true level of confidence and faith that she is doing 100% what she should be doing to turn over every rock, every stone when the NFL is her employer, when there was already a a pre-established report from Beth Wilkinson, who, with all due respect to Beth Wilkinson and her law firm, I gotta be honest with you, like, I don't want to say anybody did a bad job, but Beth Wilkinson didn't talk to enough people. There are people out there, and I'm not talking about myself. There are people out there. We've talked to them on the air. And there are people that we won't come on the air with us, that I talk to privately, that have information, that know stuff, that know where bones are buried, that know where the skeletons are in the closet. And she didn't talk to them or ask them. But could wouldn't wouldn't you think they would reach out to maybe Beth, Mary Jo White? Could, a lot, could, a, a lot of them want to. Sta- a lot think, of them just want to avoid it, Pete. But you don't think? Uh, well, then don't because they're scared to death of what okay. uh, they're scared to death of the ramifications. Then, if you're not look, 
that's where the this is where again what are the ramifications well the ramifications are what are you I afraid mean, if of? You if believe, you want if Dan, you believe if you re- want Dan remove that badly well then you you fair you can't sit there behind Megan Imbert and Melanie Coburn and all them who are you know they're the ones that are publicly right. leading this charge but if you have information that you think is damning to the cause then you're doing a disservice to those like Melanie, like Megan, who are publicly putting their reputations, right. their images on the line. That's more than by, fair. By doing that in this case, and at the same time, you're also doing... I know this is going to tilt some people the wrong way, but you know me. I'm the Minister of Fairness. You're also doing, Dan, a tremendous disservice. You're sitting back here in the shadows going... Oh, he's he did this. He did this. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But when it comes time to go tell somebody of you know reputable uh, investigation here, whether it be Beth, whether it be Mary Jo White, whether it be Congress, whether I mean, it, oh, no, I can't, I'm not going on record. Well, I can't do well, that. Let me let me ask you this, okay? Because it's it's if if it ever comes out, if they find out that you're part of the people that are hurling these mm-hmm. uh, accusations. Then yes, there is going to be some ramifications if you're not willing to come forward. I mean, I, again, I can't go on the radio. Or I can't. I can't go down the hall and tell CK. Oh, Chris is. Uh, you know, Chris. I believe Chris is a child molester. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I can't do that. Right. I can't go. I can't go to our boss and say something like that unless you have some w- without, willing without, to provide some yes, sort of evidence. Yes, I understand. I, I I do understand that you can't tell the world. Oh, Dan Snyder's a bad guy. Oh, he's a bad guy. Why is he a bad guy? Well, but I you don't also tell you. You also have you know, to remember some of the people that I'm talking about that know stuff that haven't been interviewed that haven't aren't also the ones accusing and hurling the insults. Sure, sure, absolutely. Okay? No question. Uh, or, or the accusations. I mean, like, people like Jason Friedman and Megan and, and Megan Imbert and, and Melanie Coburn uh, and and um, uh, uh, who else? Uh, um, Lisa, what's her name? Uh, well, in, in that's, her first, uh, that's the attorney, Lisa uh, right. Banks, right? But, but um, those are the, they, those uh, are the Brad, people. Brad that, Baker, all right, those, those They the have people, all gone forward. That's what I'm saying, though. Those are people that have put, attached their names. Right. They attach their name to everything which is their, that they Which is say. their right, and that's fair, but they're also to the opposite side of that and how I would also – how I would just play devil's advocate to your point, and your point is fair. How I would play devil's advocate is I know specific people that have not come forward publicly because they 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 do not want to be harassed. They do not want to be yelled at. They do not want to be shadow investigated. They do not want creepy men showing up at their doorstep or in their neighborhood or surveillance cameras or anything like that because they know it's happened. And they fear that. And they wonder what means would Dan Snyder go to to protect his if you falsely accuse him, he has every right to. Well, if you falsely accuse him, right. He says he's being falsely accused. His lawyers say he's being falsely accused. He has every we right to defend himself right. but, from, but from he, any of these accusations. What he doesn't have the right to do is to harass and intimidate and shadow investigate other people, right? And that we believe that has happened based on sworn testimony and based on, I believe, some actual evidence that they have, okay? I don't know exactly how that's going to play out in the public sphere. Do but- they have, because, Chris, if you have 
if you have evidence of mm-hmm. being harassed mm-hmm. by other people, you you have every right to bring charges against them. Well, so, but I don't think Dan's people are doing it overtly like, you know, boop, 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 you know, like I'm going to fire off a text to you and tell you to go to bleep in hell and, and, and uh, you know, I'm going to come after you and chop your knees off. Th- that's not how they're doing it. They're doing it in a different sort of conspicuous way. Okay. So I don't know exactly what evidence, you know, it's kind of like with the Deshaun Watson situation, right? We think we know stuff of an illicit nature happened, right? We've heard the stories, we've heard the testimony, but we don't know because we don't don't know because there's no video surveillance. We don't have enough evidence for cops to bring any charges against the guy. Evidence is very, very hard sometimes to corroborate, get, bring forward, what have you. My point being, so in a court, basically in a court of law, if you try to if you try to accuse Dan in a court of law, right, right now, without people coming well, forward, well, this is the biggest problem with Tiffany Johnston's situation. It's it is literally a he said she said, and how now, Jason and what happens Friedman in has corroborated as an eyewitness, but we know this, right? You can have, but has J- but as Jason Friedman said, Dan Snyder specifically told me. To do these uh, things. Well, no, no, I mean, I meant about the Tiffany Johnston situation. Right, okay. he, he said he was there. Yeah, well. Uh, if I remember that part correctly. But but here's the thing that I'm going to tell you. Go out into the stairwell during the break, commit a murder, okay, and I'm going to walk out afterwards and see a bloodied body and not Pete Medhurst, and I'm going to look around and go, huh, Pete Medhurst must have committed a murder. You know, but I didn't see you actually do it, right? Or maybe I saw you and it looked like you did it, but I I, I didn't actually see you plunge the knife. In. My point, but maybe, it's a, a ba- bald, maybe it's a bad comparison. If you see comparison. a bald guy going into the stairwell, it could have been Johnny Cakes Allville. It could have been, right? It could have been. It could have been a case of mistaken identity, right. right? If you see like, a bald man from behind, it right. could have been Cakes. Like in My Cousin Vinny, when Ralph Macchio and his partner drive down a Mo- uh, Alabama in a, you know, uh, uh, in a convertible, and they go into a convenience store, and poor Jimmy Willis gets shot, <laughs> and they're, oh my God, because they were stealing a can yeah. of tuna, and they thought Jimmy, you know, you, you you get the point? Yeah. They, they, it was two youths, not two youths. It was two youths. Youth. Youths. Two youths. But anyway, you get the point, right? Good game for so, the youths this week. My, my, uh, yes. But my overall point is this, okay? You can think you see something, but maybe you didn't see it right. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it did happen. But even if you have an eyewitness, it doesn't always mean that that, like in a police investigation, this is not, but you can't just have one eyewitness and 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 be arrested for murder and be charged with murder and be convicted with murder. It just because you saw me plunge a knife into somebody's back. That it, it doesn't work that way. You have to have the knife, you have to have like, you know, blood on your DNA, what I mean, there there's got to be more corroborating evidence. So it's really hard to get this corro- so Dan is looking at it from a standpoint of A, I've got high-powered lawyers. Nobody's got the smoking gun that we all are looking for, right? Video surveillance, actual texts, uh, what have you. We know about the little, the lawsuit that was settled in 2009 on the plane. I mean, I've heard some horrific things about what happened that night. I ain't going any further on that. Just you don't want to know, okay? We, we, I mean, we have this Tiffany Johnston situation. Here's one thing I'm going to say. 
I'm going to say this. From 2010 through 2015, I never once, and I've mentioned this before. I don't know if I've ever said it as clearly as I have. I've never once saw Dan Snyder do anything bad to anyone. Never once. In person, me, personally. I never once saw it. I heard about, you know, the intimidation, the culture, the what was allowed, what was maybe told to his high-powered executives uh, that they could do to run the day-to-day operation of Ashburn. I heard about all that stuff, but it was never told directly to me from Dan. I never witnessed Dan do anything specific. Now, if that hurts the narrative, I'm sorry, I'm telling the truth, okay? That being said, I also know that, you know, from talking to enough people that he has overseen, he has administered, he has he has overlooked a lot of people that did a lot of things that were not savory. And then Dan himself, prior to Bruce, prior to Bruce, and, well, prior to Bruce, and then even at times during Bruce, but from a distance, he himself is accused of being the mastermind, the orchestrator, the, what, what is it, the person that does the, the conductor, the, the conductor of a lot of the mayhem You'd and a lot of the password. culture. We'd be good in like the $20,000 yeah. exactly. payment. So it, if Dan is going to sit here and his lawyers are going to sit here and say, we're wrongfully accused, my client didn't do anything, nobody's got any smoking gun, nobody's got any evidence, you know, yes, that's technically true. The man sat in front of Congress for 10 freaking I, hours. I'm with you. But, but yes, that's technically true, but it doesn't also mean that he didn't go... While while Bruce ran amok, or that he didn't call Bruce on the phone and said on the secret bat phone and and said, uh, Bruce, bleep and fix whatever you got to fix. Do what you got to do. Treat people like you have to treat people. And who cares who gets their feelings hurt? To you, you know, bleep uh, them. Uh, to what? Like I I can't say that never happened because but, I I believe stuff did, like that did though. happen. Ho, ho, ho. Dan has admitted that type of stuff right. happened right. and. That he has brought people in right. now to correct that structure. So does that rise to a... a, a, a He's a, given you that admission. Yes. He's I, given you that admission, Chris. Congress wants bigger than that. And maybe but it's what for if political it's not, gain. What if it's not there? Well, you know, again... What it, if it, it's not there? Okay, here's the thing, and then we have to take a time out. It, it, it could... It could be there, but it might not be able to be proven. How about that? Right? I, I mean, both scenarios could exist. Okay. Then uh, there, there is a there is a structure in this country in place to protect those who have been accused. But nobody is putting Dan Snyder on a criminal trial here. Th- this is no, about it's even this worse. is about his status within his football, the NFL. You're trying to take his football no, no, no. team from this him. This is his status in the NFL. You're trying to take a five billion dollar. This is essentially dollar, like a civil type situation where the burden right, of proof is right, not the where same they thing. Want, where they want the penalty to be to take his five billion dollar property okay, away well, from him. Well, because they can't do anything else with him. What are they going to do? Here, Danny boy, ten thousand dollars, and then go take pictures with Uncle Jer. 
and Lady T and go run off the coast of France and go to the Cannes Music Festival. It's movies. Whatever. Cannes Film Festival. <clears throat> whatever. You can't just snatch the guy's $5 billion you investment. You can do whatever you want. I, I, I mean, they're, try, they're trying to do what they want to do. Just but, like an aggressive DA could file charges against somebody. Maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's not. But if people don't want to come forward with evidence, Chris, they can't get a conviction. Right. Why do you think Deshaun Watson I never know. had charges? Because an attorney general can't take what I was know. given to him but some and go have to a court com- and, some and try to press charges. Some people have come forward. It just may not be enough. It may not be enough to totally tilt the plane. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. Yeah, it's, about, I mean, it's about basically what they've got right now. I, you know, I'm sure you'd like I to mean, they've call got the chicken the admission- police on Look, me. Look, they, Dan publicly admitted, yes, yes, we have done things incorrectly with our culture that we have had to change. Yes. He's given them that. Absolutely, he has. And by all accounts, they have changed. By all accounts. Or they've mostly changed. Except for... The fact that 14 executives have left the building in the last year and a half. That's the only troubling public sure, sign right there's now. because a, there's a PR part of this yeah. that if you're a part of the organization right yeah. now, no, look at look at all the, look, Jason Wright is not Teflon Jason anymore. No. He's taken some missiles too from people. There are a lot of people that are like, hey man, yeah. we thought you were the real deal and now you're just part of the, you know. Right. We, we got to take a timeout, but when we come back, we should read part of, I guess, the juicy parts of the letter. Yes, for those And then that get people's reaction because we have Mike Loxley coming up, the yep. Maryland head coach, uh, at 945, to be fair. I mean, we had to open with this. Trust me, we'd all rather talk football, but the football product stinks right now. Okay? And what do you want us to do when Congress and Dan Snyder's lawyers are preemptively shooting cannons at each other uh, from, from across the ocean? I mean, that's what we've got to do. We don't want to do it, but that's what we've got to do. 301-230-0980. Hit him on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Me at Pete Medhurst. Mike Loxley in 15 minutes right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Two Utes. Uh, uh, Two what? Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There are lawyers, as Andrew Brandt famously says. By the way, Andrew Brandt's got a tremendous Sunday newsletter you should sign up for. Great information each and every week from the former Packers front office man in the NFL. He's been in places with great knowledge. So uh, just to pass that along to you. But, you know, Chris, whenever there's lawyers involved, they do all the dirty work. Mm -hmm. And those lawyers penned a uh, letter yesterday. And Congress fired back. I mean, this is this is kind of like the two kids, you know, in the schoolyard going, you did it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. 
That's what this reminds me of right now from some highly respected, highly paid people right now. Yeah, because Tom Davis, who has, you know, as he pointed out in the letter, was a part of what ultimately brought down the baseball steroid scandal, uh, which I've, you know, mentioned a number of times to you that the reason why Congress gets involved in this is because Congress has ways to put pressure on people that Major League Baseball, the NFL, sports, fans, media just simply do not have. Now, that being said, the rub is that is this being done for political gain and grandstanding, right? But I also could contend, Pete, that if Roger Goodell said, I'm going to be righteous and I'm going to put my career and my $60 million absurd salary on the line because I really feel the NFL needs to rid itself of Dan Snyder, that could be a basically form of political grandstanding as well, right? People grandstand all the time. People politicize things all the time, whether it's politics, sports, whatever, the general term. What happens in this case is you have a group of lawyers that are saying, you have done an unfair investigation. You have not talked to client, this client, that client, that person, this person. We've told you this, that, and whatever. All people that are willing to support Dan Snyder. All people that presumably are willing to point the finger of blame at old Brucey Bruce. And Congress, while they haven't while they haven't disputed that notion per se, I guess they've kind of disputed it with their statements and responses late last night, but they haven't they haven't basically said, look, we did a biased investigation here. We did a one-sided investigation here. They haven't necessarily said that. Maybe they have skewed heavily towards what they want to know and what they want to see. Because I also feel, and this is one area, I got to say this, it's one area where I think maybe you overlook a little bit. I do believe, I do believe, whether I'm right or wrong, I do believe in talking to some people behind the scenes that Congress is, yes, they like to embarrass and bring Dan to his knees, but more importantly, or just as important, they want to send a very loud and very clear message to corporate America. Big, small, medium, large, rural, uh, suburban, whatever. That you can't pe- treat people uh, like yeah, dog I, poop. I, I, look, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that part. That's but their Dan, main, Dan's you know. already, again, Dan has already admitted right. to a poor culture that had to be changed. But a statement with no live bullets means not a lot, Pete. It doesn't, inti- it doesn't intimidate a CEO I, I, w- of a Fortune 500 I understand company. I, I understand what you're saying there. They had this man, they had this man <laughs> sitting in front of a camera for 10 freaking right. hours. Of which we haven't seen any part of Why the evidence. Why is that? Or, or the, or, or Why the, is that? Well, probably because in order to get him to stop dodging Congress, that's probably the deal they had to make. Which is fine. Okay, now that you've got his testimony, we've heard nothing. You, you've got 10 hours of his testimony. You'd be mad if they were leaking the testimony, too. But if they don't have anything to leak of significance, what's it? Well, why, well what we, is, don't what is Congress, we don't know that. What is Congress that. to gain? We don't what know What is Congress that. to gain by leaking? They don't have anything to leak. Well, one of the things that his own lawyers leaked last night was that, he, quote, he did not recall ever meeting Miss Johnston, Tiffany Johnston, 
and certainly did not recall ever dining with her. That is a strong statement, though, from Dan rebutting the main main accusation here of a potential physical altercation between Dan and Tiffany Johnston at this point. That is a significant... That's a significant statement from Dan to rebut what is a serious alleged physical allegation. Okay, I have a retort to that that we need to get to during touchdown at 10, okay? Because we don't have time to do it right now because we have Coach Locke scheduled in just a couple of minutes. But don't let me forget because I do have a retort that I'm really interested in hearing your opinion, feedback, whatever on. Okay, we'll do that. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna like me for it. Look, hey, I'm I'm like Dan. I'm like Dan. I'm like the Iron Sheik. Come at me. Let's go. Three zero one two three zero. We're gonna put in the zero nine eighty. The Big Ten East. You know, Mike Loxley in Maryland said, "Come at us. We're ready for the challenge." Terps are answering that call. Another big game coming up Saturday with Purdue. You'll hear it here on the Team Nine Eighty, and we'll talk to the coach of the Terps next, right here on the Team Nine Eighty, and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Indeed, as Pete just mentioned, Mike Loxley straight ahead. We'll have that for you as well. We are brought to you by All Elite Wrestling. Last night, they were at the Entertainment and Sports Arena for the three-year anniversary uh, on TBS. And Friday night, tomorrow night, they'll be back at the ESA. Go get your tickets right now. AEWTIX.com, AEWTIX.com, or Ticketmaster. We also uh, have this of note. This kind of slipped in the news cycle yesterday. Bad news for the Wizards to start the year. Corey Kispert sprained his left ankle in Japan in the two-game series with the Golden State Warriors uh, and will miss a approximately four to six weeks. Now, there's all sorts of fallout from the Golden State Warriors trip to Japan, uh, a fight between teammates, Draymond Green involved, uh, and we'll see where that goes uh, from there. Certainly not uh, a pretty situation. And one more NBA note, LeBron James has told Commissioner Adam Silver, I want a team in Las Vegas. Who doesn't, right? Las Vegas is where everybody wants to go. Nat season over. We'll dissect that later in the show. Dan Snyder and his lawyers issuing a strong statement to the House Oversight Committee who responded in turn. More details on that all coming up right here on the Team 980, and that's what's trending. Certainly plenty of reasons to play that song. A lot of positivity coming from College Park these days, and that's because of the hard work of the head coach of the University of Maryland Terrapins and his coaching staff and administration. Head coach Mike Loxley joins us. Coach Pete and Chris here. Appreciate a few minutes this morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Congratulations, Coach. It's been a, a fun ride to see you guys really grind out some games here. And and I guess I'll I'll start with this. I mean, I, I just went back. I watched it live on Saturday, uh, and then I went back and I watched it last night. You know, just that first drive against Michigan State last Saturday in College Park. You know, you guys get the big return, gets wiped out by a penalty. You know, you you go you methodically kind of you know matriculate the ball down the field, and then you go for it on fourth and one. You get it, and then boom, you're in the end zone with Littleton. I mean, you guys to me, and maybe I'm wrong. This is my 360 view from afar. You guys have shown me a physicality, a toughness that I've mentioned to Pete a number of times, and to anybody that'll listen. Is that kind of a hallmark uh, here through five games of your ball club in your mind? 
So I think what people are seeing are the fruits of the, the labor, whether it be recruiting or the development of our guys up front. Um, as I said, going into the season, our most improved unit has been our offensive line. And we've got maybe three guys there that will have a chance to play on, on Sundays. And they've really bought in. And, and, you know, everyone knows we have the ability to throw the ball with the quarterback we have and the skilled kids on the perimeter. But a lot of guys didn't understand that the young running backs that we've uh, recruited and, and, are, and are playing really well for us. And if you want to win in the Big Ten, you're definitely going to have to play a, a physical brand of football uh, at, at certain times in the game, and, and I like the way that we've been able to complement the, the passing game with our ability to play physical and run the ball some. Coach, let's talk about the player development for a moment because I think it's something that gets overlooked so much. We see the finished product on, on Saturdays, but you can recruit all the five stars, four stars, and things of that nature. When you get them, you still got to coach them. And just kind of uh, describe what it's been like at, at with you and your staff in developing these players to where now they are competing against the best. That's the beauty of your league. You've got to come to compete against the best or you're not going to compete. What's been the key to that player development that has allowed you all now to not only break that fortress of those top four teams in the the Big Ten East, but also show that you're ready for a seat at that table on a regular basis? I think it starts with the buy-in from the guys, the players. You know, with this generation of uh, student-athletes coming in, you know, it's no longer do it because I said so. It's kind of partnering with these guys and and being able to show them why it's important to do or play the game a certain kind of way. And, you know, we've really worked hard to to flip the culture in our locker room, uh, whether it be by, by recruiting or whether it be by programming and things we do to develop the culture that you need to have to, to win championships. And, you know, I can tell you this has been a fun team to coach. Um, I know a lot of people are excited about the direction we're headed. But, again, as I told our team, you know, when you look at last week, we left a lot of meat on the bone per se in that, you know, there's still room for improvement. And our goals as coaches is to continue to push these guys each and every day to get a little bit better and to be the best version of themselves on Saturday. Mike Loxley, Maryland's head football coach with us, off to a tremendous start are the Terps, 4-1 and one through 5, uh, hosting Purdue Saturday right here on the Team 980. Can't wait uh, for that game at noon, early start uh, in College Park. So get on out there and support the Terps uh, and Coach Lox. Um, Mike, when, when you lose a game, nobody's happy. Uh, when you yeah. lose the game like the Michigan game, and even though you bounce back, resilient, get another conference win the next week against Michigan State, handle business, whatever, can you sometimes learn more about the identity and the DNA of your football team in a frustrating, disappointing loss like Michigan than maybe you can in a win against Michigan State? Or is it just you you don't look at it that way? No, you definitely have to look at it that way. I mean, we're in the teaching business, and I think any time you can teach your team uh, to not t- let a let a loss be a failure, meaning when you lose, you learn more than just taking the loss. And, and we learned quite a bit about ourselves uh, with the Michigan loss and, and, and knowing that, one, uh, as I've said before, it's it's more us than it is them. And we have just tried to instill within our culture that, you know, good teams don't beat themselves. And we feel like we got a pretty good little club. And if we just continue to control the controllables, meaning don't turn it over, limit big plays, tackle in space, you know, hit the open receivers, just basic things that, that the game of football is all about. 
we've got good players. I mean, across the board, there's very few times we'll go out and, and line up and not, not have equal talent. Maybe not some of the depth that some of the top or top programs in our league have, but there's no doubt about that. Uh, we learn from, from, from all of our the adversity we face, and, and we try to get better with each week. When you go out and sell the program, Coach, the fact that you can guarantee a kid you're going to be playing somebody really good every week. Let's face it, Michigan, Michigan State, this Purdue club certainly showed their medal last week. We knew they could play offensively with Aiden O'Connell. They proved themselves against what's been a great Minnesota team. I know Minnesota didn't have its guy last week, but you hold Minnesota to 10 points. Uh, that's a pretty significant uh, thing with the way Minnesota's played this year. It, does it make it even easier to sell your program, the fact that you can tell a kid, hey, every week we're going to be playing somebody that's going to give you an opportunity to put a spotlight on yourself uh, if you play well based on the opponents that the marquee brings you every week? Yeah, it's always about finding a way to help a player create value for himself. Um, like you said, I mean, if, if, you, if you're a college football fan – uh, and, and you you like the game, it's going to be a pretty good game here on Saturday at noon. Uh, this Purdue team coming in has lost the two top 25 teams. They've got an NFL-caliber quarterback. This is this will be a, a Michigan-caliber team. When we watch them on tape, which we've done all this week and prepared for, um, from top to bottom, this is a really, really good ball club. And I can tell you, if you like college football, it'll be a great game here. Uh, Saturday at the Shell at noon. And I know our players are really excited about this opportunity. You know, we're kind of creating an identity for ourselves that we, you know, but we're not there yet, but we're working diligently to get there. And these players are really excited about this opportunity. Coach, when we last had you on, it was after, I think, the Buffalo win to open up the season. And, you know, Talia had maybe not had necessarily the you know the best start in turn I, I think you said mentioned something about that with us I can't remember uh you know since then uh you know he showed again a resiliency a toughness especially in that Michigan game we got banged up everybody thought oh my god you know and then he's back out there and he's leading you guys on the comeback how would you say he's evolved here over the last couple of weeks month or so since we've last gotten a chance to talk to you much like the rest of our team, each each day he comes out, and I mean this kid has a championship routine. That in practice, uh, he pushes his players. You know, we always define leadership as having a positive impact on others, and I can just tell you, there's not a better leader on our team than our quarterback. Isn't always pretty, which again, we're a work in progress. And so, like when I talked about some of the failures or some of the misses, we take those, we we learn from them, uh, we we develop those things and, and try to make them right. And he's one of the guys that, I mean, we wouldn't be in this position that we're in, uh, fighting for an opportunity to to, to be uh, five and one against a, a good Purdue team here if it wasn't for the play of our quarterback. Coach, the, the defense for you, and I know we spent so much time on the offense because of the, as you mentioned, the great star power you have, the offensive line playing so well, but your defense has also made strides. Last week I thought it was a clear indication of that, and again they'll be tested uh, this week. But what are the reasons why that, that defense has seen some growth and obviously the type of progress you need to compete uh, in the Big Ten and reach your goals? Well, I think the biggest thing is that iron sharpens iron. And when we talk about the development of our O-line, the flip side of it is our front seven on defense. And when you've got guys like Ami Finau, Mo Kite, uh, Darrell Chami, uh, Greg China Rose, all these guys have played a lot of football and have been through some of the, the growing pains that we've had to endure during the three years prior to, uh, you know, three years prior to this season. And, and, and each day in practice, we do a lot of work where we're going good on good. And it's just the competition in practice 
practice. Uh, these guys help each other get better. Um, I think our defensive coaches, Brian Williams, our D coordinator and the staff, has really done a good job of at halftime being able to go in. If you look at the last three games of how we played defense in the second half, you know, I think we held SMU to seven points. We shut out uh, we shut out Michigan State a week ago, and then we shut, held Mich- uh, Michigan, I think, to seven points in the second half. And it's because they've done a really good job of kind of getting our players on track with what it is they're trying to do and making those necessary adjustments. No doubt about that. Uh, that is very um, uh, – that that is easy to see. Micah – a curious question. I hope I asked this right. Uh, you're yeah. you you by all accounts, and when with us, you're very calm. Uh, you're you know good natured. Every time I see you on TV, you know your pleasant personality. Yet when I see you on the sidelines, you, sometimes you get pretty hot under the collar. How do you? Uh, how do you decide how hot to get at someone, player, coach, situation, your team in general, on the sidelines so that your message is heard but not ignored, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I don't know if I have the market cornered on that just yet or even <laughs> if I even know how to answer that question. Um, it's great to, to I mean, some people say, man, you always look so calm, but you know, being a big, big ball head black guy kind of intimidates people at times. So I, I try to, I try to be uh, very professional on the sidelines, and I learn to, to cuss without moving my lips. And, but no, some, some of the some of the referee in the last couple of games has kind of gotten under my skin, and it's more the respect factor. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to our team about it. You know, people don't expect us to have to be in some of these games because we're still little Maryland, new to the Big Ten, and I don't feel like we always. Uh, get the necessary calls that we deserve to get that some of these other teams get and so you know when you feel the disrespect that to me is what really gets underneath my skin and obviously being a DMV guy we take a lot of pride in in making sure people respect who we are and that's that's a little bit about that chip on our shoulder that we have and I try to keep it under wraps for the most part though. Yeah, I know you're you're, but you do I mean look you're putting in the same work that Michigan and Ohio State are and you're just fighting for your kids in that situation. Off-topic question real quick. Uh, Tua, Jalen Hurts, enjoying great success uh, at the next level. Kids, I know that that you know. Uh, I imagine you're not surprised that uh, those guys are finding success now uh, at the professional level. No, you know, when you have a room of, you know, when I was at Alabama, we had a quarterback room that had Mac Jones, Tua, Tungavalo, and Jalen Hurts. And when you have those three type players in the same room and, and you get a chance to get to know these kids and see them develop, uh, there's no doubt that they all have the the, the skill, uh, the mentality it takes to be big, to be great quarterbacks at that level. And it's really rewarding as a guy that helped recruit them there to, and coached them to see them develop at the next level and it's very similar to the process we're trying to to build and develop right here in in the DMV and and we've got opportunity to do it with the type of players we have in this area and we're looking forward to trying to recruit some of these guys to come help us win a championship here. Coach, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck against the Boilermakers here on Saturday. See you guys there. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Coach Mike Loxley joining us and of course Maryland and Purdue 12 noon coming up on Saturday. You'll hear all the action right here on the Team 980 with Johnny Holiday and Steve Suter coming up on Saturday. And that's an important point. And when Mike Loxley goes into living rooms, he can say, look, I've been in a quarterback room coaching Tua, coaching Jalen Hurts, coaching Mac Jones. They're all making significant money right now in the National Football League. So if you come with me, 
I've got an opportunity to be able to do that for you as well. And right now, Maryland is really doing a great job of building its program. Another maturity game coming up this week, though. Purdue, it's a club that can put up some points. It's got a great NFL-caliber quarterback and should be a great game coming up on Saturday. And no excuse not to go. Weather's going to be great. In fact, I would encourage you to do this if you're a college football fan. Go watch Maryland and Purdue at 12. And then drive out Route 50 to come see Navy and Tulsa at 3.30. You can do both. Touchdown at 10. Russell wants to kill me next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.